You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, it's the night when Jesus was betrayed. Well, it's the night when Jesus was betrayed 1,980 years ago. And he'd finished supper and he stands up with his disciples gathered around and he takes off his outer garment and reaches for a towel and wraps that around his waist. And you're watching it and you're thinking to yourself, what in the world, Jesus, are you doing? But as he grabs the towel and wraps it around himself and he goes and he gets the bowl full of water and now he approaches his first disciples and goes down on his knees and begins to reach for their feet, you start to say, no, no, don't don't do that. Jesus, don't you know what you're doing? It's the servant that washes the feet. The servant, not the master. Stand up, Lord. That's in fact what Peter says when, with, with hanging head and, and, and hand covering his face as Jesus comes to him and he says, No, Lord, you cannot do this. It's simply too shameful. Too humiliating. This is not even something that that a Jewish slave would do, but only a foreign slave. You're going to put yourself that low. But Jesus says, just wait till tomorrow. And you'll see how low I will put myself for you. Just wait till tomorrow. And then you'll see how willing I am to be humiliated for your sake. Just wait. And you'll see. I think one of the the most difficult of all theological points for our sinful humanity to come to grips with is this. Jesus is the Lord who serves us. We think with, with such magnificence, with such holiness, with such perfection, that we should be the ones to serve God that we should be the ones to bow down to Him, that we should be the ones who are giving and He is the one who is receiving. We give Him our faith. We give Him our our wealth. We give Him our life. We give Him our will. We give Him ourselves. We hand ourselves over to Him. That's what we think ought to be done. But Jesus says, no, look, I'm the one who came to serve. The Son of Man came, says Jesus, not to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. That's your Jesus. Now look, no one expects that of God. You can't even fathom it. We hear it week after week that God comes to serve us and still we think, no, no, not really. That's maybe he just says that because he wants to show us how to do it or something. No, dear saints, really, to be a Christian is to be served by Jesus. There's two major errors that we can fall into here. Jesus is the Lord who serves and we mess it up. The first way is we think that Jesus is the Lord who is to be served. Not Jesus. After he gives to his disciples... His supper, His last testament, 
He asks them a question. It's a rhetorical question. He asks, and if any of you have ever waited tables, you know that this is a rhetorical question. Jesus says to his disciples, who's greater, the one that sits at the table or the one that serves? I told you guys that I waited tables our last year at the seminary. About my a week into it, I, I've told you the story, right? I had a glass full of, a tray full of drinks and I was still being trained and I dumped it right on this lady's back. Sploosh! All these drinks right down her blouse. It was the most terrible sort of thing because you, you know why? The what? Well, I mean, why is because I spilled drinks all over this lady. But because the one who you are there to serve, the one who sits at the table, you're to bring them what they want. To provide what they need. The waiter is the one who waits. The one who sits at the table is the one who's, who is served. Jesus says, who's greater? The one who sits at the table or the one who's served? And yet I am among you as the one who serves. And it's still the case. Jesus comes to serve us. The first error is that we think that Jesus is the Lord who needs to be served. No, Jesus is the Lord who serves. But then, but then, there's another error on the other side. We think that Jesus is the servant who serves. We, we start to think that if Jesus is the one who serves us, we must be the master. It must be up to us to tell him how to serve us, what we need, what to give us. We see this on the when you watch the TV preachers and they say, oh, you just want to tell God what you want and he'll give it to you. No, that's not how it works. That's what Peter does. And he learns his lesson. I mean, Jesus comes to Peter and Peter says, Lord, you'll never wash my feet. And Peter and Jesus gives him a warning. Unless I wash your feet, you have no part with me. So then he consents, but he goes beyond and he says, well, Lord, then wash my whole body, too. If you're going to serve me, serve how I want to be served. Give me what I want. And we start to pray for things that the Lord hasn't promised. Desire things that he doesn't want to give. We think the Lord is our servant to serve us how we ought to. And we start to think, say things like, if the Lord was really my Lord, then He would give me health. Or He would give me peace. Or He would give me riches. Or He'd rescue me from the troubles of this life. Dear saints, Jesus is the Lord who serves us. And because He is the Lord, He decides best how we are to be served. Peter wanted Jesus to wash his whole body. But Jesus says, this is all you need. And he washed his feet. And that's how it is with us. We might think we know best what we need. Like a better job or a faster car. or Maybe just a couple more weeks of living on this world. We, we might think that we need a a life that's full of peace. We need something to happen to our enemies so they stop giving us trouble or whatever. We might have a list of all the things, the ways that we want the Lord to serve us. But Jesus says, I'm the Lord and I know what you need. And having established that, having established for the disciples and for us that Jesus is the Lord to serve, he sat down at the table and he broke bread. And he gave thanks. And he gave it to him saying, this is my body. Take and eat. And then when they had eaten, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink all of it. This 
cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Having established for the, for the disciples and for us, his church, Jesus now tells us exactly how he is going to serve us. Exactly what we need. Exactly how he's going to take care of us. And dear friends, it's his supper. It's this table. It's this church which gathers around this bread and this wine and this word of forgiveness. That is how your Lord Jesus serves you. Now, you might want something different. You might think you'd be better served by Jesus if he gave you, for example, the winning lottery ticket. <laughs> and now you were hiding from the reporters because you had 200 million sticking out of your back pocket. You might think that there are better ways for Jesus to do that. But dear friends, when we see that Jesus does this, with his dying words, with his last will and testament, that he bequeaths to us his supper, then we know what value there is. I often wonder, and I think on Monday, Thursday, I always preach something like this, but I wonder about this all the time. If someone were to walk into the office sometime, some Wednesday afternoon, and they'd say, Pastor, I'd like to buy a little body and blood of Jesus. How much is it going to cost me? hundred bucks. Just go in there and consecrate a little bread and wine and put it in a little to-go box and I'll take it with me. hundred bucks? thousand bucks? hundred thousand bucks? A million? Two billion? Pastor, I'll give you the whole world. Just a little bit of body and blood of Jesus and, and, and I'll, I'll give it to the church, you know. You guys can do whatever you want with it. Is it worth it? I mean, it would be stunning if it went the other way, that instead of a little glass of the Lord's blood that we had in the trays, if we rolled up little $1,000 bills, right? Adult instruction class would have a lot of more people in it, right? But there is no value that we can put on this. One drop, one little drop of the Lord's blood that he puts here for us tonight is enough to pay the price for the forgiveness of the entire world. Your sins and everyone else's. One crumb that might fall from, from our hand as we're distributing the Lord's body. One crumb is more precious than the entire universe. There is no cost or value on this gift. It is beyond measurement. It is beyond our imagining. It is a gift beyond comprehension that Jesus would put into your hand and into your mouth His precious body and blood. But if He's willing to put it on the cross in your place, then you know He's willing to put it into your mouth as well because Jesus wants you more than anything else in the world. He wants you to know without doubt and without question that your sins are forgiven. And so He says, take and drink. This cup is the New Testament in my blood shed for you. I mean, it could be when we think about it 
When we think about what Jesus is doing here tonight on this altar, that He's about to put His body there for us to eat and His blood there for us to drink, that we would be like the disciples when they realize that Jesus is about to wash His feet. No, Lord, don't do that. That's just crazy. That's an incredible humiliation that you put yourself into. But Jesus says to us, unless He washes our feet, unless He forgives our sins, we have no part of Him. He is willing to undergo this humiliation as well for you. To make you clean. To make you holy. To forgive all of of your sins. So that with His will, you would be the inheritors. The inheritors of eternal life. And this, dear saints, is our comfort and peace. Not just on Monday, Thursday. But every time we gather to the Lord's Word... And every time He calls us to His body and blood, may God grant us His Spirit so that this peace would be ours and we would rejoice in being served by Jesus. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy hope. Spirit from me, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Amen. You may be seated. In our prayers this evening, we uh, pray especially for Arden Fastenau. Uh, who was moved to hospice care uh, today. We also pray for Roberta Schmidt, who is recovering uh, in the hospital uh, and uh, is doing well, hopes to be home tomorrow. Uh, we include also in our prayers uh, Don Lambert, who was in the hospital the last few days. We rejoice that he's home and here tonight as well. Uh, let us pray. O Lord Jesus Christ, our only mediator and redeemer, We thank Thee that in the night in which Thou wast betrayed, Thou didst institute for us the holy sacrament of the true body and blood as a perpetual memorial of Thy death, a solemn pledge of Thy mercy and continual presence and an effectual means of grace. You are our Passover in this holy supper. And by giving us Thy body to eat and Thy blood to drink, Thou didst grant us a wondrous communion with Thee as very members of Thy body, and dost impart and seal to us the merits of Thy death, the forgiveness of sin, life, and salvation, that even as Thou, we are righteous and acceptable in the sight of God. Lord, we have in no wise deserved and can never sufficiently thank Thee for Thy goodness. We beseech Thee, however, to strengthen us through this salutary gift in faith towards Thee, 
and enable us daily so to appropriate and experience the blessing of thy passion that we may heartily praise thee for our redemption and from day to day be more intimately united unto thee by faith and love. Kindle in us evermore such fervent longing for blessed communion with thee and the Holy Supper that we may come often to thy table. Do thou also by thy Holy Spirit work in us true repentance and a lively and steadfast faith that uh, in thy gracious promises and a sincere desire to be, uh, to be perfect in love with all men, to amend our sinful lives, that we would be worthy partakers of the Holy Sacrament and with full pardon of our past sins be made alive in the way of righteousness that we may serve you in holiness and pureness of living and give you continual thanks for all thy goodness. May your Holy Supper be a source of comfort to the penitent, a means of enrichment to the poor in spirit, and to the sick a sweet relief from the bitterness of pain, and to the dying a pledge of their inheritance with the saints in light. Abide in thy church with thy gracious presence, and let her at all times be a faithful keeper and dispenser of the heavenly treasures entrusted for her for those who believe in thee. Bless the right use of the means of grace, wherever so men keep the remembrance of thy death until you come. Let your word and sacrament strengthen our souls during the days of our pilgrimage on earth. And especially we pray that you would strengthen your son Arden and Don and your daughter Roberta that we would hereafter partake of your supper with you in your Father's kingdom. For we ask all these things through Jesus Christ, you who live and reign with the Father and Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.